What up, y'all? It is your boy Jesse, aka Jesse Prada, coming at you with the Christ Convo Podcast, inspiring you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it. What is good, beautiful people? This is just listener discretion being advised that if you have gone through any form of abuse, whether if it be physical, emotional, sexual, or verbal abuse, this may not be the podcast for you. All right, just letting y'all know before we get started. Let's get it, y'all. So introduction. So mm-hmm. what is good, people? You already know it's your host, Jesse Prada on Christ Convo. And right now I have two guests. One of them is a returning guest, <laughs> women of God. Introduce yourself. Who are y'all? Well, my name's Afia, and first of all, I'm a masterpiece, okay? <laughs> According to <laughs> Ephesians 2.10, that's oh. what the Word of God says, Come that on, I man. am a masterpiece. But other than that, I'm a makeup artist, skincare uh, expert, I'll say expert, and then um, a Sunday school teacher. So that's what I do. My former teacher. Yes. <laughs> yes 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 and who is our second guest well i'm yoshiko um i'm gonna let ophia have the masterpiece i know the word applies to us but But i'm definitely gonna let her be the masterpiece i don't have anything fancy i am by profession an attorney i have a non-profit organization the butterfly project i have a podcast i have a book so i'm just me essentially Mm -hmm. that's who i am (laughs) <laughs> that's right girl come on you better know the law right <laughs> Glory to you. and you know what's crazy is i'm realizing that we're all in three different states and this is amazing how technology is that's true um, yes like i'm in i'm in north carolina mm-hmm. via the new york mm-hmm. and she goes in texas texas right? Yes. wow right we out here doing a podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> right yeah. all right bet. so mm-hmm. that's great Glad to have y'all. Definitely good to be glad to have you again, Yoshiku. I'm honored to have you on here and we can get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) uh, Today is our topic on abuse. Um, This is a very serious topic. It's very prevalent in society. Um, And basically, we're just going to have a conversation, a dialogue. So um, Mm -hmm. what would y'all say? And I mean, y'all can answer however y'all want, whoever would like to go first. But I know not all abuse looks the same mm-hmm. like it's different types of it so what do y'all think are the um you know the different types of abuse and then if you want to in addition to sharing the types of abuse that you have seen in the society you could um share your stories all right Ashiko, you can go first being that you this is what you do <laughs> okay <laughs> well um there's actually Ooh, countless types of domestic abuse uh of course we all know that there are there's physical abuse and that's the one that everyone kind of leans to so if they don't see any scarring or anybody limping or with a brace or anything they don't think anything's happening but there's also um economic abuse whereas the um, partner may withhold funds mm-hmm. or they may overgive funds to keep them quiet for whatever purpose mm-hmm. they seem um, necessary. There's also religious or spiritual abuse, whereas you cannot wear your hijab if you're Muslim. So, mm-hmm. and you know, that's like something important to them. They can't 
show their hair to anyone but other than their husband Mm -hmm. but to shame them or to uh create issues okay i'll hide it from you you can't wear it which means you can't leave the house or even with uh christianity they will there's a scripture that you can find that approves abuse there's always going to be a scripture that you can find. So they'll use scripture that says, oh, no, because the Bible says you have to submit to me. You have to do what I say. The mm-hmm. Bible says the Apostle Paul said you can't talk at church. So be quiet mm-hmm. when out of context. Yes, the Bible does mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. But if you know your word, then you know that there's caveats and different things of why you can't talk in church during that time. And there's a reason why you should submit to your husband, but he also has to submit to you as well. You and go. so there's different types of abuse, um, even mental abuse, just calling them ugly, fat, mm-hmm. breaking them down. Because if you can break somebody down, they'll tolerate anything. And go. once you break them down mentally, then you can bring in physical abuse because they're not going to fight you back because you've broken them down so low. So there's um, many different facets of abuse. And then I've just experienced myself mainly um, physical and just more so mental abuse just really quickly. Um, My mother was not mentally stable to raise me 100%. So my grandmother raised me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, growing up with my mom who was mentally ill was very tough and it's even tough to this day. And so my abuser knew that. And mm. so he would always try to rescue me from my mom, but abuse me in the process. Mm. So he would always say, you know, well, you know, your mom's going to do this and you know, her psychosis makes her act like, act like this. So you just need to come home to me. You just need to do this and do that. Mm-hmm. And it literally was just jumping out of the frying pan into the fire so then when I would come home it would be physical abuse or why haven't you cooked Mm -hmm. well I Mm -hmm. mean I've been at work all day well why haven't you done this or this needs to be paid and he's not working he's not doing anything to help so it's just kind of like I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place Mm -hmm. and so I spent three to five years just in an abusive marriage for the sake of trying to get away from my mother who was abusing me not that she could help it right but was abusing me to a husband who is now abusing me and he could help it right like he had right. full capacity mm-hmm. he had full range capacity so he knew what he was doing right. so it was just a very tough three to five years mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. wow that's that's yeah oh i understand <laughs> i'm like <laughs> as you talking i'm like listening to you like I, I i understand those and there's so much more wrapped up into that but i i, I know the feeling to even even to put the words together to kind of express what you've been through you know it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's it can be difficult because sometimes it'll be random things that could pop up and you're like oh and this and that and mm-hmm. this and that yeah so for me um I was 15 I was 15 years old and I think this is why I have a love for the teen so much because of this that age rate age range and so from 15 he was my first boyfriend, first real boyfriend. I, like I said to you, I mentioned to you guys before, it was more like a good girl, bad girl, good girl, bad guy kind of situation where I was drawn to. I was drawn to him. And so um, a 15, what grade you in? You're in the ninth grade. So I'm in the ninth grade, 15 years old. I was working. I was working at that age too. Oh, I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot as a teen. And I was uh, so in school working, working and had a boyfriend. Now, it wasn't until 
17 and back then we had like beepers right so it's like you you was they would beep you <laughs> your code I forgot what his code was but whenever I saw that code I was like let me call him back right now <laughs> in the phone and I um it wasn't until I would say he kind of groomed me because it wasn't until mm-hmm. 17 mm-hmm. that he put his hands on me so 15 I was with him but it wasn't until 17 that he put his hands on me for something so stupid I couldn't I think I remember I was at his house and something was going on I can't remember what was going on now in the house it was his mother who was in her in her room she always stayed in her room locked locked up in her room for whatever reason because I guess he was just wild like that and I was with one of um his cousins who me and her we used to hang out all the time and so that's actually how I met him and then anyway uh, I was in his house one time. And I remember this because I was standing by the couch and I was upset about something and I questioned him on it. Why did I do that? Because <laughs> the minute I said whatever I said, um, he slapped me so hard mm. that I fell into the couch. Wow. And I was so shocked because, first of all, <laughs> I was like, nobody has ever done that. But at the same time, I couldn't believe that he did that. Like, I couldn't believe it. And so I, I I can't remember. I know I remember saying like like yelling, "Why did you do that?" or whatever. And I just like gathered my stuff and like ran out the house. Now remember, I told you the mother was in the room. She did not come out at all, at all. Oh wow! At so all. She, she heard it. Yeah. But she didn't come out. But that's because she knew that he did mm-hmm. stuff like that. Was. I was just going to say she knew who he was. She knew who he was. So I said. And then the cousin looked shocked, but she didn't really say anything either. So, And I remember because it was late, it was like eight something, like eight, eight or nine o'clock at night. And I had just come from all the way from work to come see him. So I had to go back home because I was like, I'm not I'm not going through this or whatever. Yeah. Went home and crying on the bus. Do you remember? Imagine I'm 17 coming, you know, on the train bus, whatever. And I get home and I'm still like trying to figure out what just happened. And of mm-hmm. course, what they do is, you know, you would think after that, that would have been enough for me and I would have left. But he came back so strong apologetically mm-hmm. that I went back. You know, yeah. he, he was so he had such charisma. Uh, he was so like fun to be around. Yeah. And he made up like when I say he was just very convincing. Let's put it like that. Yeah. And then um, enticing. Very, very. Remember. I was with him since I was 15. So then, and once again, I said my so-called real boyfriend at that time. So then, uh, so then now, you know, I'm not really discussing it. I ain't really tell nobody. I ain't saying nothing to anyone. And um, I started noticing, cause I was always kind of doing my own thing, but it wasn't an everyday thing. But then when I started noticing, for me, it was more emotional, physical. Like you said, um, Yoshiko, they break you down emotionally first and mentally mm-hmm. first because he kind of like that's why I was so shocked when he did do it because I was like, wait a minute, we was having so much fun, all of this. You, I love you. That's all. What what's going on? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so then I forgave him, mm-hmm. and then I went. So then after I forgave him or whatever, I can't. I'm just kind of kind of speeding through a little bit, but I'll tell you that the next time that he put his hands on me, it was more like a choke. Now, mm-hmm. wow. like, and it was something like. I was ironing something and why you didn't iron my pants? The way, you know, we weren't living together at the time, but it was just like, we were over each other's house or whatever. And he was like, why you didn't, I wear my pants like this. And da, 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 da. I'm like, what are you talking? All you got to do is just say how you like, how you want it done. Why are you getting so crazy? Mm-hmm. 
when I tell you that <laughs> after, because I'm thinking about it as I'm explaining it to you, that when he put his hands on me and literally to the point where I had to pretend like I passed out in order for him to let me go. Wow. Oh. I was, I was like, you know what? This is now something is, this is wrong. This is, this is, this is not right. Cause he, afterwards he'd be like, you made me do this. Why did you do this? And you know, I wouldn't be doing this if you would just listen and you know, all this stupidness. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I didn't tell my, my, nobody once again, didn't tell anybody because at that point, as it was things, time was going on, he would make it seem like if you say something, I'm sure. going to hurt everybody right, mm-hmm. that you care about. So, oh. of course, I'm not going to say anything. And I, you know, oh man, looking at now, now, <laughs> thinking about it now, me now, and that ever happening to me, that would, first of all, that would never happen to me, but I'm just saying that the timing of everything and how the enemy was creeping in from young with this mm-hmm. whole situation, this is what I'm saying. As far as I, you know, I have a daughter now and, and I really explain certain things to her because there's no way I could let that enemy slip in like that. And I will say before that, prior to that, my father was like that with my mother, but I was young. But guess what? Obviously, it seemed like it was okay, a little normal to me if I saw it yeah. in my household. Yep. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's why I probably didn't leave. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking like now, like, how come I didn't, why wouldn't I leave? Somebody put their hands on you like he did. Why wouldn't I walk out the door? But I saw, I experienced my mother go through that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and it was right. normal to you, probably. Right. Right. Why, everybody go through this, right? So right. why would you leave? Yeah. Why would I? And I saw my mother fight for my father to be there for him to not, mm-hmm. you know, she went to counseling. She did all these kinds of things to make the family work. And it didn't yep. mm-hmm. because he was an alcoholic and he was doing whatever he was doing. Now, the funny thing is he never put his hands on us, the kids. It was just my mom. Mm-hmm. So um, back to the story when, uh, so then I will fast forward to, so that was when I was 17. And I did a, the craziest thing. I'll just tell you this part where I, the craziest thing that I did do was move in with him. Why did I do that? Why did mm-hmm. I do that? And after I, we moved out, he said, I want to move to California. And I said, California? And we still, in, we in Brooklyn. I said, what you, why do you want to go to California? Why? Because he wanted to isolate me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he knew I had my brother at the time. I had my and I didn't tell my brother because I knew my thing was when I tell you when I tell my family that means everybody's popping off exactly <laughs> that's that that's that's because I knew I was I knew that I was going back and forth and I didn't want to be uh the woman who cried wolf I knew when I mm-hmm. said something that means all of y'all get y'all whatever y'all need to get and get me out of here <laughs> I'm serious because hey. yeah, that was that was one of my things. I was like, no. So I didn't go back and forth. And that was one of the things that people, my family said, why you didn't tell us and why this and why that? I can't believe you was going through. And I said, because I just didn't want that whole back and forth and go back and they'd be disappointed. And then y'all wouldn't help me if I really needed the help. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was me going, think, being a thinker, overthinking and thinking too much. But, um, but then, um, so we moved to, now one thing he did teach me was how to drive. And when he taught me how to drive, and this is before going to California, Mm -hmm. um, we had lived in this apartment in Brooklyn. And I would, when he would fall asleep at night, 
I would start taking my important papers and certain clothes and certain things. And I would move, I would, in the middle of the night, I would drive to my grandfather's house and I would leave it there because in my mind, I was like, I guess I wasn't too sure if I was going to go or not, or I was still still trying to figure out what I was going to do, but I wanted to get my, most of my important papers and stuff that I had in the house out. Mm -hmm. And so I said, dad, that's the one thing he did teach me how to do is drive. So I know what the heck I'm doing. Right. So I ended up seeing, so before word got out that I was going to leave and go to the California. So my brother called me. He was like, I want to see you. I want you to come to my house. Oh. And he was like, I want to see you. Oh. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay. He was like, and so I went there and it was um, in Jersey and I was there and he's like, we had a good time. And then he was like, I'm hearing this, that you want to, that you're supposed to be moving to California. I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to be going. He's like, I hear you're supposed to be going with that dude. And I'm like, yeah. And he's looking at me. He's like, is that something you want to do? And I knew why he was asking me that. Mm -hmm. I knew. But I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go. Everything is good. Everything is all right. And he said, look at me. Because I was an adult. But he still, he's like, look at me. Because he was a police officer at the time. I mean, yeah, oh, he was a police officer. You know. So he said, if you have any problem, he kept saying, look at me. And I said, he said, I know people where you're going to be at. And if you feel like you need to come home, do not hesitate to say you want to come home. I don't need to know why. You call me and say you want to come home, and that's what's going to happen. And as I was, my, whoever, I think my sister was driving, he had tears in his eyes wow. because I knew he didn't want me to go. But he knew that I was an adult. But yeah. he also knew he had people out where I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, people. Yeah, so, big homies. Right. So, I said, so I said, okay, you know, so I went. With that comfort, and I, I, and I'll tell you, I really felt, I felt him, I felt him, and I, and I, and I said, I still was going. So I went anyway. Get down there. I'm in California. I'm in California now, and I realized it was the worst mistake that I ever made was oh, to so go you down went. there. I actually went. Oh wow! Now he had two kids at the time, not mine, his own, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm supposed to be the mother, act mm-hmm. like it, but then I'm like. So now, wait a minute. And they were young. They were young. Um, and so when I get there, remember, I had my beeper. First night I'm in that place. I look where I'm at. We in Rialto, California. We not in L.A. We not in no place where it was like popping. It was like a little. That's yeah. what I was going to say, Rialto. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, why you choose here? Once again, isolation. Mm-hmm. So then... I'm not getting nervous yet because I'm still like, you know, I claim to be, I act like I'm a little detective myself a little bit. So I'm like looking up, where can I, where's the train? Where's this, where's that, where all of this stuff is at. But I started noticing he would leave out, come back late and I'm home the whole night. And one time I said to him, I said, listen, where are you? What's going on? And one time he took my, my beeper and smashed it against the wall. Right. Cause we, he was like, don't question me about anything. Now I don't have contact with nobody. Because that was my, I didn't, there was no, I don't think it was cell phone. I don't know, but I didn't have one. And so, but he had a a landline. When I tell you after he smashed my phone and he said, no, 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 I did have a cell phone. He took the battery out. What? Yes. He took the battery out of it. So I couldn't make phone calls and he had left. That's what happened. And so 
I the but hello, there was a landline still in there, and he had the landline because why the kids were there, so he had that for that. Because you know they always kind of they they'll try to hurt you, but they still need you at the same time. So uh-huh. they, you know, <laughs> so they while and the, while they trying to hurt you, there's still ways that you could do what you got to do. But anyway, I call my brother. I'm crying. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. And he's all nervous on the phone. He's like, What happened? Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. I just gotta get out of here. So I, to this day, because I blocked it out of my mind, and you know, we could do that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I got home. I know I got home without him. I think I went on a trip. I don't know how I made it home, but I got back to New York. I took whatever I had. I don't know if I had like a car come get me. And then I went to, I just, I don't remember that part, mm-hmm. but I do remember landing back home. And when I did get back home, he shortly came back behind me. What? Yes. Wow. After he moved, after he we moved all the way to California, I got home. But my when I got to New York, my sister had an apartment, and she was moving. So she said, "You could stay here." But he lived in that area. Mm. When I tell you, when I tell you, he stalked me. He was on roofs saying, "I see you." Wow. Um, you just went in the building. You had on an orange dress. That like stuff like that, right? And to the point where I couldn't even stay because he would come to my door. Pee on my when I say pee, yes, pee, urinate on my wow. door. So I would literally be kind of like, I, I, I'm look, I'm in my early like mm, I would say I was nineteen, twenty, something around there. I had my own two bedroom apartment. I thought I was gonna be like, yo, you're just you know having a good time, mm-hmm. and I can't even stay there. That apartment was like gifted to me. It wasn't even a lot of rent. I thought I was gonna be finally having my own place, and I couldn't because I was stalked and terrorized he's wilding so i ended up leaving so that's when i'm going towards the end of this one of the end of this story but anyway my sister i called my brother said you know i can't even stay in this place he's threatening me he's this he's that he's saying that if i leave out the house he's gonna you know you know chase me or hit me or whatever he's gonna do my brother said he said say no more that's what he said right this is what I didn't want to happen. What's going to happen? I'm in the corner crying. I'm like, no, you know, I'm going, he's like, I'll be over there. And I'll say, what? No, 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 no. You know, going crazy. But my sister, my older sister, now my older sister too, she's one of, she's the hype woman too. Cause she was like, see, you should have been told we could have been got this together. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I go in now. My sister tells me she, she, I see her first. My brother, when he came, he came to, cause he was in Jersey, came to Brooklyn. He came in the house because literally when he saw me, he opened, I opened the door. He saw me. He saw tears in my eyes because I never, I don't, people don't really see me cry. Mm-hmm. So even, even family. So when they, when my brother literally saw tears rolling down my eyes, he lost it. Like he lost it. He told my sister, stay with her. I'm going to go do what I got to do. And I don't know what that meant. Right, oh, you know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "No, I want to come with you. I want to. I want to see what's going on." So my sister got in the car. She's my sister. Oh no, I want to see too. I need to be there too. My sister gets. I get in the car. He says, "Who you want to get in the car with?" I said, "I want to get in the car with you." He's like, "No, you're not getting in the car with me. Get in the car with your sister." <laughs> so I said, "So I get in the car, with my sister." They go to his house, and matter of fact, we're in the projects now. You can't go in front of the house. My brother drives in front of the building. He drives in the, the projects in front of the building and goes and knocks on this door, right? Mm-hmm. They knock on the door. The mother's like, he's not here. My brother said, is he in there? 
I need to know if he's in there. He's not in here. So then he calls me from the phone. The, my, my, the ex at the time, he calls me from the phone. Oh, you think, so what you think? You trying to bring people to my house? I said, where is this dude? Like, it's almost like he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, the dude called <laughs> he, you. He called and me. And he knew. He, he saw me going into the building with my oh, brother. Oh, no. So I said, where the heck is, what is going on? So then he sees me going to the building and he's in his car at the time. So I call my brother. He's outside. He's in the car. I see him, blah. Get in the car. My brother, like, it was like a racetrack, a race drag. I don't even know what to call it. My brother, I wasn't in the car with him because I was like, he was getting too crazy. They, it was like a wild car chase because my brother was like, I'm, oh, I'm getting him tonight. And anyway, I was so shaken up. My brother, it was, I can't, cause we over the phone, but if, if I was, if we was in person, I would have really showed you how this thing went down. <laughs> but it was a part where they got, they got, they both stopped at a light. My brother jumped out his car. My oh. brother jumped out his car and like his window was open. My brother went in the car and like kind of grabbed him, but couldn't cause then the light changed and he tried to like drive. Like, yes. <laughs> so my brother jumped back, but it was like, they were like so close to each other, but then they just kept missing each other. So my brother's like, listen, what you want to do? You want to come back to me? You want to come back home with me to Jersey? I was like, yeah, because I'm not staying in Brooklyn. After all of that that y'all did, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> saying, I said, I'm not getting it for that. I, I, I need to go back to Jersey with you. Mm-hmm. Went back to Jersey. And um, I don't know what that would ever happen because with, between them two, because my brother knows a lot of people. So I don't know what, I, if anything actually happened, but I knew it was a wrap. I moved from, I moved from um, the, my, the two bedroom apartment. I had this, I stayed with my grandfather at the time. I mean, with my brother for a while. And then I stayed back with my grandfather. And then from then he kept trying to reach me still. And mm. I, even though I blocked him, he, and I, I had to go through the whole court system to get, um, you know, Restraining order. Yeah, restraining order, whatever. But you know, with a restraining order, they still, you know, it's it's still scary because yeah, they don't be do they pay attention to that, Yoshiko? Not at all. Not yeah, at all. It's a piece of paper. It's a <laughs> and sometimes the female don't pay attention to it either. So it's like mm-hmm. I said, so I said, no, 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 no. So I had to, you know, went through what I went through, but by the grace of God, I was able to get out of that relationship through disconnect disengaging, disconnecting, and just um you know, not being in that same space. Did I change my job? Um, no, I didn't change my job. But um, but my brother, I always had people around me, like, you know, picking me up for a while. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I felt sick because there was always somebody around me at the time. And then he finally got a, somebody else, another girl. So I said, oh, good. He good now because he got mm-hmm. somebody else. Once he once they kind of have somebody else sometimes and they know that they can't really when they see the thing is exposure, exposing them. Uh-huh. We When you expose them, then they 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 start they that's they start to they scare you so you don't get to that point mm-hmm. but if you expose them sometimes with the right plan in place <laughs> then they kind of back up and uh, and that was for me that that happened that was i found the trick for me like he always wanted to yell at me a secret i'm like why don't you yell why are you not that bold when we walking outside and you like everybody mm-hmm. around why you don't do that then yeah. Why you wait till we get inside and there's you close all the doors and close this and close that that you feel like you got to start doing all of that? Because most abusers are cowards. Exactly. So, so then this started when you was like 
this started when you was like 15 right. to like 21. Oh, let me, so I was eight, it was eight years. I was going through wow. some nonsense. Eight years. And that's what, that's why I said when I was writing the, the my little timeline earlier, mm-hmm. I, I was getting so angry because I said, look at my teen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, look at my teen years taken to a coward. Yeah. I, I was so angry. And, um, and so that's why, you know, I see how it spilled out into my life as an adult. Um, but at the same time, if I'll tell you this right now, if I didn't have God on my side and wasn't in mm. like every day, and I'm talking about, I didn't let God go. When I tell you, I didn't let God go. I did not let him go. And Amen. I think he was giving me so many strategies on how to deal with it. And even now, when I look back, I'm like, you had me there. You had me there. You had yeah. me there. You had these people in place here. And so I will say this really quick and you could, you know, go on to the next question if you want. But um, I, I think another thing that helped me to leave, and I think I told you all this before, was I had went to some shelter. I don't know if it was a shelter. I don't know what it was. Once again, it was so it was a while ago. So I remember going into um, trying to find out little things because, you know, you go too. like you try to little find little help here and there so that when you kind of get serious serious for real you'd be like okay this is where i'm gonna go i'm gonna go here i'm gonna do this and do that mm-hmm. and when i went into this I, I remember they told me to go in through the back through a back entrance and maybe they did that because they don't maybe people follow i have no idea but when i went through i went through this back door it was a circle of women all battered like they black guy the, mm. uh, this that like all kind like black guys crutches um, and I'm walking through them to get to the front where I had to go. And I said, as I'm walking through them, I said, this could be me. Yep. This could be me. I don't have scars. Like I don't have anything broken, but this could surely be me soon if I don't get myself out. Mm. And so I remember that so crystal clear because it was such a vivid image of what I could actually experience. So like you said, just because people don't see any like broken on black eyes and all of that, they think that you haven't been through nothing or it ain't that serious. Right. Yeah. But it, it, I'm here to tell you, it, it, it definitely is. It's oh, almost yeah. like, it's almost like that physical visual that you see is that and worse inside. Yeah. Emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. and spiritually. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like with everything else, like, you know, with, um, you can even look at it with our transformation in Christ. Like first it starts on the inside and it takes time yeah. to manifest definitely, in definitely. That, people, that in a way that people could see. And it's like the same thing with, you know, what y'all are explaining, um, you know, abuse experience, abusive experiences. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you kind of went through your situation and how you got through it. So Yoshika, when did you know, like with your situation that, all right, I'm done. This is mm-hmm. not for me. I am, worth much more than this when did it when did that moment come for you um I think it was just a culmination of things during that time frame um he had definitely put me through a lot I remember specifically one time I was celebrating one of my birthdays and so a tradition in my 20s was every time I had a birthday I would pop a pill (laughs) <laughs> that was my tradition <laughs> I would always pop a pill and people who was with me had to pop mm-hmm. a pill mm-hmm. and so um, one year I had already popped the pill 
And so we were like pre-gaming. And so he was like, oh, I'm going to go fix you a drink because we're going to have a good time tonight, this, that, and the third. And so I'm just drinking it. So by the time we get to the club, everything mm-hmm. is slow motion. Everything is fuzzy like that one channel on TV right. that you can't make out. And yeah. I was like... <laughs> okay what's going on and mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me he had put another pill in the drink oh. so basically oh, I was on the verge if not already overdosed wow so um that very night um he had similar to Fia, we mm-hmm. he had uh isolated me from my real friends mm-hmm. so I had went to college and I had friends I had had and still have relationships with but when I was with him I couldn't hang with them I couldn't talk to them and so he had his friends that we had to hang with and of course abusers hang with abusers so all right. of his friends were abusing their girlfriends mm-hmm. and so it was about four of them so that night I was gang raped what? on my birthday what? by five men yes. oh, my God. and so um, I ended up getting pregnant and mm. to this day I assumed that my husband was my son's father right. but I have no idea right. it's possible he was not and mm-hmm. so um, he ended up pushing me maybe six months pregnant he ended up pushing me down the stairs concrete oh stairs oh and I ended up miscarrying oh. and so even then I didn't leave but it was still a culmination because then when I got to the um, hospital mm-hmm. it was just kind of like okay do I tell or do I not right. and obviously I was just like I fell down the stairs mm-hmm. and so they were like well are you sure because it was some very blunt force to cause a miscarriage and so I was like yeah my mom and my mom had legitimately fell down those stairs a week before Mm. and I was like well my mom fell down them a week before so Mm -hmm. you know they let it go Mm. and so um after that I was just kind of like I don't have my baby I'm stuck so it is what it is Mm -hmm. and so I just tried to make the best of a really bad experience and I remember uh one day that I was cooking dinner for us and Mm. it's to this day, I do not eat this meal. Mm-hmm. I was cooking chicken Alfredo. What? And you know, in your 20s, yes. you know, probably three meals. You know how to cook spaghetti and chicken Alfredo. <laughs> right? I was cooking for me and his kids and so- his kids. Right. Now, let me backtrack. He pushed me down the stairs because he always wanted a girl. Um, He has mm-hmm. three boys. He found out I was having a boy. Oh, and he God. pushed me down the stairs because he didn't want another boy. He wanted oh. a girl. Oh um, God. and he recently just had a daughter, mm. um, not too long ago, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. he, um, you know, we were, I was cooking and so he had went and grabbed my phone and he was just like, well, who is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had planted something in my phone. And so I was like, I don't know, like I'm here cooking. I don't know. And he was like, oh, were well, you texting these dudes? This oh, and the third. God. And he literally took a pot of boiling because alfredo was cheese right boiling alfredo cheese and flung it on me Mm. now Mm. i had on a halter dress so well it wasn't even a halter dress it was a tube dress so Mm -hmm. my shoulders and like part of the top part of my chest was exposed so he literally threw it on the thinnest part of skin on my body right 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 and so as i'm screaming because it's burning and you know cheese clings right and it would not come off and so at this point he grabs me by my throat Mm -hmm. and slams me up against the wall Mm -hmm. and so i'm screaming bloody murder because Mm -hmm. i'm at this point you've completely lost it we've never got to this point because one thing with victims and abuse you get a you get used to certain abuse thank you so i was used to you lashing out and hitting me 
I was used to you pushing me. I was used to you punching me in the back. What I was not used to you was grabbing me by my throat and mm-hmm. picking me up off the ground right. and dragging me against the wall. Mm-hmm. So that I was not used to. Right, so at right. this point, I was like, now he done lost his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right. um, I'm screaming and he's like, be quiet. And so the dress is really, really long. And so I run to the door. And so the apartments, it was my very first apartment and it was an older apartment. And you know, old apartments have the lock at the top with the chain right right that you right right and so i got the bottom lock unlocked and as soon as i got to the chain i couldn't get it unlocked before he grabbed me and pulled me down mm. so while i was trying to unlock the door what i didn't know was he was going to get his gun mm. so he pulled me down to the ground and i see the gun so now we're tussling right. and he was like oh you gonna no he was like oh um we gonna die tonight Oh, we? and I was like, "We right? Oh my God! <laughs> take yourself. Do not take me. Mm-hmm. Don't like take right. yourself out. I don't know why I have to go. Right? And so we're tussling, we're tussling, and as he puts the gun to my head and he's pulling the trigger, y'all, oh he's pulling God. the trigger. The police kick in the door and say, <sighs> "Freeze! Drop your weapon!" Oh my God! I want you to know, if I ain't never believed in God, and my mama raised me in church, okay. Mm. I know, I know the Lord. Mm. I, y'all can put in my obituary. She got saved at a tender age of seven, so mm. I know the Lord. <laughs> but <laughs> would I tell you if I did not know the Lord at that right. point when the police kicked in the door while he was pulling wow. the trigger? Wow. I knew him to be a keeper then. That's and right. So they Ooh. took him to jail. Ooh. Oh my God. Wait, stop right there. Oh my God. Even in sin, because. Mm we we were just we had mm-hmm. a lot going on mm-hmm. just even that we just had a lot going on some right. things that even as an accomplice I can go could have went to jail for and so it was just a lot happening mm-hmm. in that situation in that Jesus. marriage and right. so it literally was God and that was even my first encounter with demons right. because right. what I recognized is that even when he would flip out it was demonic like yes. he was a demon because there would be moments where I did not have sense enough to call on the name of Jesus, but I would always call, you know, for my mama. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing about my mom, even in her mental instability, my mother is powerful. My mother will pray. Mm -hmm. My mama knows the word like front to back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I would call on my mama, like, I just want my mama, you tripping. Like, I just Mm -hmm. want my mama. He would like revert back. Like Mm -hmm. it was like calling him out of it. And he was like, well, let's wash your face. Let's calm down. Let's get some water. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew that it was demonic. Like he was possessed. Yes. And so when the police kicked in the door, they took him to jail because he had a felony. He wasn't Mm -hmm. even supposed to, which I knew that he wasn't even supposed to have a gun. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. He Uh went to jail. And I remember my dad coming by because my family didn't know. Um, my dad came by because you could kind of tell one day I went to my mom's house and I had on sunglasses. Uh And so um (laughs) right. I had like scratches and all type of stuff on my face. And she was like, Well, what's wrong with your face? And I was like, Oh, I burned it with a curling iron. Uh uh Curling irons do not leave scratches on faces. That's right. (laughs) Right. When you're in this situation, you're gonna say whatever it takes to get somebody off your trail. Uh I was like oh I burned it with a curling iron and what I didn't know she had called my dad and so my dad came to my apartment because subsequently he also came and busted out my windows mm-hmm. um, so bad that he almost had to have his arm amputated um, he broke my nose mm-hmm. he um, 
punched me through that same chain lock. Mm. He punched it out of the door and broke my nose. And mm. then when I finally got the door closed, he punched through the glass window and almost severed veins in his arm that stopped his arm from working. Just to, just to try to get to... Just to harm me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my dad came by and he was like, well, what happened to your window? And I was like, well, kids was over here throwing footballs. It's getting mm-hmm. crazy. Obviously, that wasn't real, but okay. Right. And so right. my dad was like, well, is he hitting you? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, I don't believe you. And you got to come live with me. Mm. And my dad literally moved me out of there. He was like, they can have this furniture. Right. They can have like they can have all of this. You're not going to get your deposit back. No way. Like, right. just leave it. And my dad literally pulled me out of it but mm. plot twist mm-hmm. what I did not know was my father is a crackhead mm. so when I moved in with my dad even though I was not being abused he was stealing all of my stuff right, so right, right, right. one thing that I dealt with with my ex um husband is he was a drug dealer and a very popular one oh, and wow. so we had money right so I was able to go buy things that I wanted and he would buy me things just to pacify me mm-hmm. but then when I moved in with my dad to save me from him my dad was stealing everything he could right, from me right 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 and so it was in that moment where I was like well God either I'm going back to my husband mm-hmm. or you finna come through and do something right. because mm-hmm. I can't take this right here I'm already missing my husband because when you're with somebody for so long right no matter what they're doing you still kind of miss them mm-hmm. so I was mm-hmm. like I miss my husband okay right. and I'm ready to make my family be back and that's how I ended up moving to Houston but it was literally him pulling the gun on me and almost taking me out the game right, right. that really had me like okay it's time for me to do something different right right oh my god Shiko you said something that First of all, this whole story was yeah. just, uh, just, just, um, <laughs> it's like, a lot. It's a lot, but it's so good. It's so yeah. good. And I think, and I'm so glad that you was able to express it the way you did because I, it, it, it helped me. It, it, it helped me in so many ways. So I know it's helping other people that's going to yeah. listen to it. But what you said that I wanted to mention was the word demonic because mm-hmm. I remember when you look at them and mm-hmm. Jesse, Jesse, when I mm-hmm. tell you this and anybody that has been through abuse, at, when they're do when they're hitting you, choking you, whatever, and you look at them, their eyes do not look like their eyes. Not at all. It is really something where you look at them and you know you're faced with something evil and wicked. Mm. And when I tell you that uh, uh, one time, like, because when she mentioned the gun, I, I remember one time I was like going to his his uh, grandmother's house with him. And we got into an argument and, and he, in the steps, he, we were in the staircase and he, once again, he loved the choking thing. Like he, he would just like grab me by my neck and like threw me to the floor. And he had a knife to my, like my uh. face. And he was like, you, you, you going to continue to say what you got to say? You go. And then his grandmother came out and she was like, stop. Like she was in, like screaming, stop, get off of her, get off of her, get off wow. of her. And when he was saying that, I literally got quiet because I said, this fool, it's not even him. It's now this enemy, this mm-hmm. evil, and I can't play with that right now. So mm-hmm. I, so I knew. I said, you know what? Be quiet, Afia, and let him feel like he's the man right now. Let him feel like he's this man right now because I couldn't. The way he had me, I couldn't move a certain way because it would have been over for me too. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I said, I know there's a God because this is what I'm saying. There were so many instances where. It could have been, it could have went a whole different the other way, way mm-hmm. a whole different way. And that's why 
I get like when it comes to you literally have to fight for your life. And and that's why I said the understanding and the training. And that's why I love your company, Yoshiko, because <laughs> I support you 100 percent because mm. women need to know and yeah. men, too. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I just before I before I move on. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. We this all is fake. But let me just say thank you to Jesus for protecting <laughs> and and covering and keeping these two women in the middle of all of the things that they went through. Y'all are some warriors. Mm, thank you, Lord. And I mean, you know, you I don't know if um Afia, you know me, mm-hmm. but Yoshika, you may not have listened to my podcast and you you know, we haven't really known each other or met like in a like, you know Officially. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't really con- been in contact uh for that long for real. But um, you know, if there's one thing about me, I am very blunt and mm-hmm. upfront and open and even with the things that y'all were saying just took me off guard <laughs> like the stories that because i because you know when we were talking about this i told you that and this is why i put like the whole listener discretion right. thing mm-hmm. um you know before the episode because you know i did i know i just said you know hey keep it a band tell mm-hmm. everything you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this is your experience this is what happened and you know the lord has given y'all godly you know righteous courage to say this unashamedly and to to um give credit to god for the fact that he has delivered you Mm -hmm. but you know even then still listening to it i I mean wow Mm -hmm. and you know like both of y'all said if there if if you didn't think that there was a god before Hmm. you know and these are the types of especially the fact that the door opened while he was pulling right listen right i get chills every time i think about it because it's literally the moment and i always think about when the word says when the enemy comes in like a flood Flood. the lord will send lift up a standard literally Mm. a standard Mm. wow a mm. literal standard came through right. and saved my life save at the proper life. time. Mm. Right. Wow. And mm. now just imagine like how he didn't just save your life, but he saved so many lives through your ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and, and like, if you weren't here, you know, how many souls or how many people would may have left this earth, you know, prematurely due to abuse mm-hmm. or women would still, women and men would still be, you know, beat down and torn down, you know, physically or spiritually, you know, and, and a fear like if, you know, if God in the, who, who knows how many people, how many young people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in convent or, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere around NYC, you know, wouldn't receive the word of the Lord mm-hmm. or wouldn't be edified. Mm-hmm. You know, God is responsible for those people too, that y'all reach. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just so, like, y'all are walking, you know, I said this to one of my boys, but um, y'all are mir- y'all are miracles with two legs. That's true. It's y'all true. Are, y'all are a walking mm-hmm. miracle with two legs. And that's why I think when we when we um, express ourselves and we you know share the word or share our experience, we don't we don't do this timidly. We don't yeah. do it timidly because it's not a yeah. game. It's, it's not, not a game. It's not a game. And we like it, <laughs> it's definitely not a game. Yeah. So if you that's why I can't treat it like it's a game. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like when if 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 
because that because the enemy's not playing either. Yeah, he, I was he, just say <laughs> because he's not he's, he's, not, he's not, not a playing. game to him. Not. It's not it's not he's not going easy on us he's because really he didn't not. give me the you know oh run of the mill abuse and not that abuse is just oh run of the mill but no he this he, was some next level. Care. Like, right, and we don't have time to be passive about telling the story. We don't. So that's yeah. Mm -hmm. And when he approaches, I always say, "This is why I'm very blunt, and um, this is why I'm very blunt and outspoken, and I just try to tell it like it is." And I always ask God to put, you know, the word of truth in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And you know, yes, consider other people and all that, but it's really hard nowadays to say anything without offending anybody. Hmm. So I just say, Lord, you know, guide my mouth, guide my words. You know, but. The reason why I like to be blunt and open is because just like y'all said, the enemy is blunt and open. He doesn't mm-hmm. give you the runaround or he doesn't, you know, sugarcoat what he wants to do with your life. He is very intentional right. with everything he does. And I believe with even with his words, mm-hmm. you know, we need to with our words, just as he is intentional, we need to be more intentional with how we deliver things. And of course, deliver them with wisdom, but deliver them how they took place and how they occurred and Mm -hmm. you know i just want to commend both of you on your ability to just testify and to tell tell what happened to you tell your experience right um and you know not only just saying something about it but also actively doing something so it does not happen to anybody else right and sharing this for the better um sharing this for the betterness of others Right. And I just thought about when when I said the enemy, but it's like, you know, he comes to kill, steal and destroy. So we read that and gl- and glance right over it. No, yeah. it's for real. He's really, <laughs> he's really out here. And, he's really out here. <laughs> and if he don't get you through that, he like say, you know, and me, you know, and when you go through that type of abuse, you have to be careful for the next one because the next one will have a different face. I was just going to say because he don't stop. Just because yep. he didn't get you this time, right? Yep. <laughs> as long as you're alive, he's still trying. Right. So there's always that peace, and that's one thing that I'm very, very cautious of, even in trying to date now. Is right. that I remember my pastor told me one thing that was so profound, and I was so angry with him. But then when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Why I'm mad? Because he right. right. And I remember him telling me he was like, Yoshiko, your love language is abuse, mm. and I was like. First That's of all, wild. no, it's not. And you speaking against me and I come against everything you say. <laughs> and I'm going through all of this. And then if I look back at my track record, right. because my mother abused me as a child with overusing whoopings and discipline right. and all of that. Mm-hmm. So then I seek the same love from the same people. And mm-hmm. just to correlate with what Ifaya was saying, Afia was saying, is that simply the enemy does not stop and he's mm-hmm. going to send the same person just mm-hmm. in a different person each time time. and if I'm not careful just because I left my ex-husband doesn't mean someone with a great smile and a pocket full of money Mm -hmm. is not going to turn into that person because I know that's what my soul looks for because that's what I'm used to that's what comforts it someone who abuses me someone so if I get too comfortable with the devices of the enemy it could happen to me again while I'm still sitting here preaching don't let nobody do it to you it's low-key being done to me that's right And I'm Lord, so glad. No. Yes, yes. Discernment, that's right. And that's what, like you said, so you, it, it, you have to be super careful about when you, what attracts you to this person. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really be so aware of yourself and work through it. And that's what a lot of people feel like, you know, once they go through it and they're not in it, I'm good now. No, right. no, 
you got you have to literally get he, seek healing yeah you have from to be this. intentional you have to be intentional yeah because the thing is is um you know when when demons leave the soul the damage the soul to go the, um, <laughs> the demons the demons leave but the damage that they cause you doesn't right mm-hmm. that's right must, and it must be like you said if you you must be intentional in um how you deal with that mm-hmm. i mean no Jesus, thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, how do y'all um how do y'all go about approaching people with abuse? Because I mean, I know via like when you was talking about your um you know your brother mm-hmm. in this situation, I feel like part of him was low key wanting to drag you and lock you in the closet <laughs> and say, "Listen, you don't have an option." Right. You know I mean? Right. <laughs> You don't have an option. You gonna stay in here. I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna put some snacks in here, and you, you gonna take a you gonna take a bird bath. For a exactly. And I'm gonna slide your clothes under the doors. And I'm gonna. I'm sure. Bucket. I'm gonna give you a bucket to pee in. Exactly. And, and that's what you're you gonna stay. You gonna stay in there until this Negro ain't breathing no more. That's right. And that's what you're gonna do. So, like, Agreed. I I, I think you, the same thing too. You know, especially but like in all seriousness, you know, being with somebody, um, being in the midst of somebody who you love and you see them dealing with that, you have like such a righteous anger, and it's like, you know, you 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 sometimes can be a little controlling with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, you don't have an option. I'm right. grown, but you don't have an option. Mm-hmm. I will lock you in this closet if I, <laughs> because I love you so much to the right. point where I'm not letting you go through this. Right. But how mm-hmm. do you, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not the best way to approach it. So how do you, how do you approach, you know, somebody who's going through abuse, you know, to the point where you're not overbearing or you're not forcing yourself upon them? Well, um, Yoshiko, you could say um, the technical side, but I just wanted to say this as far as for me, I, I feel like if, let me, if I put myself back into that space, um, I'm pretty sure that's what he wanted to do, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. you just, what you just described. Um, But the fact that he was just kept telling me that he's there Mm. was good for me. Like the fact that he kept saying, don't be afraid to tell me that was good for me. Yeah. He didn't try to control me. He, he, he just kept saying, I don't care what it is. Just come to me. And that made me more comfortable to come to him versus my sister who was like, you need to leave him. You need to this. You need to that. And da, da, da. he's not right. And da, da. It was like, I don't need to hear that. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. And matter mm-hmm. of fact, that's going to push me close to, closer mm-hmm. to him just because you keep telling me something that I don't want to hear. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. my brother didn't do that. He kept saying, let me know, let me know. Mm -hmm. And that was that. And that for me was actually helpful. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I never, and (laughs) I always catch flack for this, but I never tell anybody, even in a healthy relationship, I don't tell anybody to leave their man because I don't Mm -hmm. want nobody to tell me to leave mine. Mm-hmm. What I do is I allow you to come to that conclusion. I help you come to that conclusion. Right. Because like she said, telling somebody is going to make them stay with them. 
Mm-hmm. Because then it's like, first of all, you don't know us. And I just told you one situation out right. of however many. So you can't tell me to leave him. You don't even have a man. You jealous. And they go right. all of this. Oh. Which, oh, I have been dragged. Okay. So I've just learned, you know, I help you get to that conclusion. So what I do is I just simply reiterate to you what you told me. Mm-hmm. So right, right. you're telling me that he withheld food from you. Is that mm. correct? Yes. Are you telling me? that he punched you in front of your children Uh, yes that is what he's done so once we go enough through that mm -hmm. then you recognize you know what this isn't healthy so you can never say that i told you to leave him Mm-hmm. Because that's that good, also that's causes, good. but you rift. came, you came with, you came to that conclusion yourself. Exactly, mm-hmm. and then good. that yeah. also causes a rift between them. What's already an issue? Mm-hmm. Because then what women go do? Because I did it. They go back and tell. I was telling my homegirl we was arguing. And she told me you wasn't no good. She told me to leave you. <laughs> right. You know, because there are moments of the honeymoon period right. where you good, you right. and him good. So y'all laugh, talk, and mm-hmm. have a conversation. And then he got beef with your homegirl right. because you didn't went and told him you done broke the homegirl code and went and told him what right. she said so now she can't come around there right. now he don't like her and you don't have a safe space anymore right. that's right mm-hmm. so just create the safe space and allow people to come talk to you when they get ready because they will they mm-hmm. always will mm-hmm. as long as like you said just as long as i knew that my brother was willing mm-hmm. to listen i always knew i could go there right gotcha. but you know if i don't feel like i can go talk to you i'm not coming and i'm just gonna suffer in silence so right. i just let the people mm-hmm. tell me when they ready to deal here I am. Right. And you know, and, and you and so for my sister, and I knew that she didn't mean to do it, but that's what she knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was you know what I'm saying? Like I know that she cared about me and she loved me and she wanted, you know, but she even still to this day, me and my sister are like night and day. Like she like I try to tell her, I understand you, you need to start understanding me. I don't like all the like hype drop. If you want me to listen, just talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like that screaming and getting excited, I can't like that's too much. So for me, uh, and so she start. We starting to get our little <laughs> relationship together with that. But I'm just saying that you have to know the type of person you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's that's very key. You have to know the type of person you're dealing with. And I think that um, with um, my mom, I didn't tell my mom because you know my mother is a worry wor- worrier. Like, mm-hmm. th- what's the point of telling her? I they, that would have been. No, I, I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> so she never knew anything until one time I had, like you said, um, I had, she could, I forgot what I had on. I had a hat on in the house. Now, Lord knows, my mother know, what you doing with a hat on in the house? I exactly. had it right, right? Because it was like, I, and it was because I was trying to hide like uh, my temple. Um, I had like a, it was like a little black and blue because he threw, once again, my, my cell phone. I mean, not my cell phone. He threw my the one another. I'm, I done had so many different beepers because it kept getting broken from us arguing and fighting. He threw it at my head, and um, wow. it caused like this big, like like a little speed knot on my temple, right? And so I remember I had a hat on, but it got big, swollen. Uh. And my mother took off. She, I was washing dishes. And my mother came and just, she ain't even saying nothing to me. She just took off the hat, like, boom, just took it off. And she said, what is this? And where did that happen? And I had to tell her. And she said, you know, you could have died. You know that the temple is one of the worst places to get hit. And like she started going off. And from then, that was another, I had to deal with that. She was so nervous for me and, you know, stuff like that. So I had to tell her I wasn't with him no more. And, you know, all kind of stuff I had to do. 
So that way she would calm down. But just, you know, you forget a lot of the, and I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's selective memory or not, but there's a lot of things that I just don't remember until I start talking about certain things. Maybe I don't want to remember. Suppressed memories. Okay. So the God, that's what it got to be. Because as, as we are having this conversation, that, that I just said, I've been stuffed at somewhere, but it just came up just now. Mm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, um, I mean, once again, it's kind of like, um, you know, God and mm-hmm. how he goes about uh, getting to our hearts. You feel me? Um, imagine if, you know, we, I mean, pretty sure y'all know somebody or if y'all don't know somebody, y'all probably went through it yourselves. But, you know, you got people out here that are just living right because they're afraid to go to hell. You know, it's a, um, and don't get me wrong, hell is real. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, uh, going off and kind of, pushing people and forcing people to have a connection or to live in the fear of the Lord rather than them just come. It's much more beautiful when you go into that mode for yourself. Right. When, when you fear the Lord for yourself, when, you know, mama, mama and daddy don't got to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to do right just because God has been good to you. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's when you see the love um, in that. And so, I mean, what y'all are explaining really just reminds me of that because I've never really experienced this or um, saw anybody going through this. Or Mm -hmm. if I did, you know, they never said anything. But, you know, how when these victims, when they recognize the when they recognize their value for themselves, like, they did it, you know, they, they came to that own conclusion and that own revelation and they were able to you know, have courage to walk away from this damaging situation is very, very beautiful. And I think it creates, you know, a stronger, a stronger form of identity. You know, I'm I'm valuable because I know I'm not valuable. I'm not valuable because you say it, but I'm valuable because I know it. It, mm -hmm. I was going to say, you know, and as I, you know, and the funny, the ironic thing is, is that, you know, being that I'm in the beauty industry, you know, mm-hmm. I was living, you know, two worlds, you know, <laughs> it was like, a, yeah. I was, I, I meaning like, and I guess that's what most uh, women in abuse, they, you know, they go to work, they do this, they do that. And then they come home and then it's, it's a whole nother world that they're in. But this is why being in the beauty industry, I can pinpoint so many insecure women, so yeah. many women with fake smiles, so yeah. many women that run to beauty and get all glammed up. But underneath all of that, they're, they're a hot mess. You know, they don't, they, it's, I call it the mistaken identity. And wow. I think that that's why um, I was struggled with being in the beauty industry and knowing Christ, because I said, God, this is, I can't do this superficial thing. No, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Meaning like, I can't, this is, it's, I, look, it's nothing for me to do a, a beat face or whatever they want to call it. It's nothing for me to do that. But that doesn't, that's not satisfying. And that's not what these women need. Uh-huh. Yes. What they need to do is, yes, in the midst of them becoming, you know, when they, be, when I say becoming, meaning unlearning and relearning their identity, yes, reveal that beautiful, you know, that glow, right? That beautiful mm-hmm. inner glow. But don't use it to cover it up. Wow, And that's what I, this is why, you know, kind of God has been working on me to, to do the business that I'm doing now, because he's like, you're doing something different, Afia. And this is something, and this is why I kept doubting myself. Once again, the enemies try so hard for you not to do what you know you need to be doing. And I kept mm-hmm. saying like, you know, God, I don't know if this is going to work. And I don't know. And he looking, God is like, you telling me something not going to work. 
How you telling oh. me something not gonna work? That- <laughs> I put I put this in you. So how you telling me this ain't gonna work? <laughs> wow. So I started, I would write down different things that I would get deposited in my spirit. I would write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. And as I would go through different things in life, it would be like God would say, You're not doing it now? Okay, now you're gonna start getting this pain. You're gonna start getting this pain. You're gonna go, this ain't gonna work out for you. That ain't going to work out for you. This ain't going to work out for you because what I told you to do is what I need you to do. Mm. And what I said, as I started saying, you know, because who you think won? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At the end of the day, when you start, when I started being surrendering to him, things started opening up, lightening up, dark clouds started moving. I was like, man, I should have been. Listen, he said, I told you. I told you. Yeah. So I say all that to say is that when I look at women and when I look at young women too, and you know, the teenagers and I see what they're drawn to culturally, I say, this is more of a reason why women of God have to rise up. Yes, We have to rise up. We can't, we can no longer say that. Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is that. Stop. That whole doubting is a wrap. It's over. You mm. have to do what God told you to do because if Amen. we ain't seen nothing in 2020, which is that whole clear vision, I don't know what you're going to do afterwards. I don't know. Mm. I have no idea because right now you can see the way the world is going. It's a mess. Yeah. So we have to literally start picking up everything we need to pick up and start moving forward and just surrounding ourselves. The minute we feel doubtful, get around some people that's doing positive things. I don't, you know what I mean? You got to, that, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. is trying to do what they need to do. Cause he'll send somebody to you. Yes, that, he will. He'll send them to you. He'll send you around people. He'll make yes, you he look will. at something on the, or, or you turn on your Instagram. It'll be right to something you need to see. you will be like, dang, I can't even get you on the phone. Right about I can't even get on my, I can't even start scrolling without you sending me something like dang, Why Dad. do I have to see this? Come on, put something edifying on social media. <laughs> Come on now. I thought I was going to relax and kind of look at something that don't, you know, stimulate my mind. And here you go Mm-mm. with this over here. Let mm-hmm. me let me shut this off and get back to my books and my computer and start writing. This stuff. Exactly. <laughs> he ain't gonna let you rest. He ain't letting me rest. <laughs> so, are there? Um, and I mean, y'all can take a crack at it. Whoever wants to. I know you're Shiku. This is your thing. Oh Lord. But um, so are there prevalent forms of abuse for men? Um, yeah, so a few things is it's women hit men, but it's, I mean, we're a lot smarter than that. So we gonna try, but men are strong. So some of them will deflect, but some of them will also hit you back. So more so for men, they fall victim to uh, mental abuse and also uh, financial abuse and so what that'll look like is um oh you ain't no man you ain't taking care of the family i'm making more money than you oh you ain't no man you still living at home with your mama you know breaking them down like a fraction okay taking them all the way down Mm. or even um financially oh well you know i need this or i need that um siphoning money from them or even the women who have children with the man that they're no longer with so they're salty he's either not with them or with someone else Mm -hmm. so then it's the well 
you got to be with me to see your kids or you got to mm. give me a hundred dollars to see your kids or mm. your kids don't ask for you no way or don't call around here for them or they don't care nothing about you and just baiting the men with their children mm -hmm. and if any man is a true father which i know some true fathers who really care about their children it's a, a hurting thing just mm -hmm. because a man only especially if it's a son and not saying they don't care about their daughters but especially if it's a son they want to be around their children mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they want to have some sort of leadership role in their life able to teach them various different things so for a woman to just say oh well now you can't you can't be around are we gonna be getting are we getting back together are we gonna right. do this because if not then you don't get to see him and there are people who go 18 or some odd years not seeing their kids and their mother is telling them oh well he didn't want to see you and so mm. there's animosity wow. because wow. now you're abusing the children right. so now you've spun a story you've created a lie and now that i'm 18 and i'm old enough to know for myself and create a relationship with my dad who has been longing for a relationship with me and we finally have a conversation i find out you the issue mm. Mm. you're the problem mm -hmm. so then that creates even even big, bigger issues for children growing up in these type of households so really just what I've noted and just studied is really a lot of financial abuse and mental abuse that men fall victim to mm, 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 wow wow that's wow it's, mm -hmm. wow I didn't even know all that mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it just goes to show how you know like we were discussing before earlier how intentional the enemy is with his devices right oh yeah um yeah mm -hmm. i mean but and it's also a, a mm -hmm. breakdown of family um because essentially the enemy's job is to kill the seed of the next generation that's right so yeah. if he can't stop us then we don't have kids and this is why yeah. not to go off on a tangent but this is why and i love everybody i'm trying to preface it as best as i can <laughs> and i don't want to get your show thrown off the air so tell me if <laughs> Listen, i'm going too we, far we, we, but we are <laughs> We speak, we speak the truth, okay? Oh, okay. We speak the truth. So, what Yoshiko, you must be the girl. I'm telling you. Because I'm going to go deep for a little minute, but mm -hmm. I don't want to offend nobody because mm -hmm. we have all type of listeners. And mm -hmm. again, I love everybody and I hate the sin. I don't hate the mm -hmm. person. I just right. hate the sin. Mm -hmm. But this is why there's an influx of trans people and mm -hmm. LGBTQ mm -hmm. because the enemy is very cunning about cutting off the next generation. Yes. Two yeah. men cannot procreate, That's two right. women cannot procreate a trans right. man and a regular man oh, right. about, these people cannot procreate right. so then even if you adopt children because people say well they can adopt that's yeah. fine but those kids are already here right. we're talking about bringing forth the generation okay let me calm down because i'm getting excited because right. i'm going to say the word <laughs> and the word just brings chills up my spine and i ain't been to church in months okay right. let me relax. okay so, uh, but literally speak the truth we, woman god <laughs> There is literally a generation that will be raised up that loves God and that serves God. And what I just deeply feel is that the enemy is fighting not just in that community, but even with abuse. Because if, uh, like, even with me, I suffered a miscarriage. So there's a lot of women who suffer miscarriages, or even they're beaten to the point of right. they can no longer even have children. Mm -hmm. So then it's just like, or even men being separated from their kids. So this is stopping generations. Right. from coming forth so mm -hmm. if we could if he could stop the generation from coming that's going to wholeheartedly serve God that's going to enforce the word of God that's going to live for God with no problem then that's mm. what he's doing and mm. that's what we're experiencing now when women are saying well your daddy don't want 
you. Well, right. he don't want to be around you. So now we're cutting off a generation because then they feel a way. Well, I'm not going to have kids because I don't want to have kids with nobody. Right. You know, I don't right. want to perpetuate the cycle. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. Mm. And so that's why I'm just like, mm, I mm. can't stand it because the enemy is really doing his job. Yes, and is. so mm. many of us are blinded Blind. by it. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, oh, well, life happens. No, this right. it's not life. It's the work of the enemy. And right. if you can't see it, then this is, you know, it's affecting so many people. Yeah. So that's why I truly just hate that abuse really affects the breakdown of the family. It separates mm-hmm. family because we were supposed to be together. We're supposed to yeah. live life together. And of yeah. course, there are people who are, who are not going to get married. Right. There are people who mm-hmm. don't want to be with anybody. And we need those people too. Mm-hmm. But as far as the family unit being together, we need to see that especially as being people of color and so the enemy's fighting people of color as well we know that Mm -hmm. and so if he can tear up the family then it keeps generations from being born yes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i'm off mm -hmm. the soapbox i'm done oh i love it it's (laughs) all good girl i I keep telling you okay i was like i was i look look i was jumping up in my i'm in the corner of my living room right now like yes come on no and that's you know and you know this may be a little off topic but like you said we, on, on this podcast we speak the truth right. we don't speak what people like we speak mm-hmm. the truth and if people don't like it you know they don't have to listen and you know <laughs> when I told when I you know when when God gave me this vision to start this podcast you know I told him God I, I'm gonna speak your word mm-hmm. I'm gonna speak what goes um, I'm gonna speak what goes against the world which mm-hmm. is the word of God mm-hmm. um, you know the Bible says a friend to the world is an enemy to God Period. So, you know, this, you know, what you, you saying that did not bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand the cost of it. Mm, and at good. the end of the day, truth is truth is not subjective. Okay. Jesus, Jesus said, <laughs> I am the way mm-hmm. to truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not say I am a form of, tr- no, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to fall out. <laughs> I know, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen. Listen, see, the devil done got the wrong one. Right. Because I, when, when, when I, I don't take, I don't, you know, I don't take this for granted. And so if you ever, you know, come on here ever again, you know, Mm -hmm. and the Lord gives you revelation like that or Mm -hmm. anything that you know that is contrary to the world, it will be spoken on. It will be spoken of on Mm -hmm. this podcast. We don't, we as Christians, oh my, oh Jesus, this is a whole tangent. We do not. One thing I love about Athea and having conversations with her is that we just do not, we don't listen and we don't believe only parts of the word. That's right. These are fakes. That's right. We believe all of the word. That's right. And so what you are saying is true. Two men cannot procreate. Mm -hmm. Two women cannot procreate. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, beyond it just being Bible, it's also scientifically fact. Right. That's Mm -hmm. correct. And it's even more demonic how they're pushing science to try to make it so that they can. What you what you feel is just <laughs> But on, he's absolutely right. That's why I'm just like, oh, it's tingling in my chest, yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> oh, man. And it's right. okay because y'all don't if you you know, we're getting you know a little tied into this, but y'all gonna really enjoy you know my next podcast. I got a couple guests on that one too, nice. and we gonna go all the way in. So this is just what we do over here. We speak the truth. Christ mm-hmm. convo. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, this has been a great conversation. Um, sure. Y'all are um, y'all are amazing women mm-hmm. of God, and um, Yashiko, I know that you got yourself a little, you know, what I'm saying organization. Yes, she what, does. What, what's, the, what's the what's the um what's the information on that? <laughs> She a lawyer, y'all. Right? I can't. <laughs> she, a, she a lawyer, y'all. Yeah, you know, I be trying to do something for the black community, okay? <laughs> right. And I do what I can, but it's the Butterfly Project, and literally, um, it was a vision of God. Just really quickly, I remember when I first moved to Houston, and I remember God telling me that I was going to have an organization. And now, you know, sometimes you hear from God, and then you just go do the most. You be like, oh, you I got it. Most. I'm going to move. So <laughs> I had to got me a name. I had to do all these things. And I was in school. I was working, and it fell by the wayside. And God was essentially like, because I told you not yet. Right. So right. you got too excited. You heard part of the word and you didn't hear the rest <laughs> of it and you got too excited. And so mm-hmm. um maybe three years after that, um, there was a tax day flood here. It happened on tax day, and I literally lost everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Car, my because it was just a flood. My apartment flooded, my car flooded. I literally had nothing. And then two weeks later, I was laid off. Oh my god. So I was like, okay, and God was like, now is the time. And mm-hmm. so that was 2014. And ever since then, he named the organization, gave me the vision for it and everything. And that's what I attribute the success to is just because I let God do it. It's not mm-hmm. my organization. I'm just Amen. the overseer, overseer. Um, the person on earth. I'm just, this is his thing. And so it's the Butterfly Project. And I just firmly believe just as a caterpillar goes inside of the cocoon mm-hmm. to grow and be, and that's a grueling process that's what people don't know the caterpillar to butterfly process is a grueling process I watched it and I was like wow this is a lot and I related to it so much but Mm -hmm. on the other side of the process you turn into a beautiful butterfly and so our mission is simply to empower survivors of domestic violence to pursue their purpose after abuse because if you made it out God still has a purpose for you and we can help you sort through that we can help you figure that out but I need to remind you and instill in you that you still have a purpose so if you wanted to be a nurse before then whatever he told you you're not that you can be a nurse if you wanted to be a wife mm-hmm. and a mother he wasn't the person to give you that you still have a purpose to do that mm-hmm. and so we spend our time just encouraging survivors of domestic violence through finances through toiletries mm-hmm. through clothes come through on all type of things because i'm a believer the bible says faith without works is dead that's correct and so show it also says show me your works apart from your faith so you can't say i'm gonna do this part and you do this part i if i'm gonna preach to you and tell you that you have a purpose i'm gonna sow into your purpose that's right. so i'm not just gonna say oh come to my organization you have a purpose mm-hmm. no but we're not gonna give you nothing we're right not gonna do nothing that's right. It. That's no, right. I'm literally going to sew into it. So if you don't have any clothes, I got clothes to feed you. If okay. you don't have light bill money, we don't have much money, but we can give you something, something. on it. That's we can help good. you find out something. That's if you don't good. have toiletries or anything, I can give you what I have. Come so on. I'm a firm believer of that. So that is how we really just push the agenda we're a christian organization but we don't preach to them but we also preach to them and they don't even know it That's so right. while you're receiving these gifts you're also receiving a touch from god mm-hmm. and i'm gonna also lead you to salvation if you're ready and if you're not when i see you again i'm gonna offer it to you again and then uh-huh. you accept it. That's right. there we go yeah. there we go 
That's Come it. On. Well, that's, so, huh, I love that's what it. we do. So let me ask wow. you, if someone wanted to donate or anything to your organization, how do they do that? That's um, right. we have the cash app, mm-hmm. which is the butter dollar sign, the butterfly project. It goes right to the business account. Okay. Um, you can also go on the website, which is the butterfly proj, P-R-O-J dot O-R-G. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hop on Facebook and donate that way. You can okay. pull us up on Facebook. Um, okay. also PayPal. It's PayPal dot me forward slash the butterfly project. And That's it's good. the, the T-H-E, right? Or T-H-E-E. Um, to donate is T H E. Okay, got it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. That's wow. right. That is right. That I will be wonderful. definitely making my um donation when we get off this phone. <laughs> when we get off this call. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody. So, because uh, this is definitely a move of God that is being sparked out of. Is it Houston? It is Houston. Uh-huh. H time <clears throat> holding it down. Right. Uh, Houston, uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, so, but this was great. This was a great conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel, I just feel the oil to pray. Yes. Oh, please. Of course. Um, so let's just, you know, I'll just briefly pray us out and then we could just end this podcast. Mm-hmm. But Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity for these women of God to boldly share their testimony father we thank you for keeping them god through all of the hurt harm and danger that they have been through god and that they don't even look like what they've been through jesus we thank you for the souls that have been saved the lives that have been touched through their uh through their situations god and even in the midst of their situation father you were with them and you were still faithful even in their Mm -hmm. worst moments god Mm -hmm. and we thank you for the women that they are today And Lord, anybody who is listening to this podcast or anybody that is on this live that has been abused, Father, I pray that you touch every heart with the sensitive and loving touch of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would that you would affirm every son and every daughter of God, their value in Jesus Christ. And that if there is anybody in a situation, God, give them the boldness to reach out so that they may be delivered from it, Jesus, and show them that there is freedom in Christ for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Wrap your arms around them. Show them that you love them. Show them that this is not the love that you have willed for their life. But you said that perfect love will cast out all fear. And you said that perfect love is patient and kind. So God, show them the way that they are to be loved. And we thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing and the revival that is being sparked even in this nation right now. Keep us through this pandemic, God, as you have and as you will. And we thank you for being faithful each and every day, God. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, y'all, it is your boy, Jesse Prada. We are concluding the episode. Y'all be blessed and just continue to live for Jesus. (laughs) That's right. What up, y'all? I just wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you who has tuned in to the Christ Convo podcast today. Stay tuned for the next episode because I will be back. Be blessed. <laughs>